Welcome to the Occasional Adult Podcast, where we have candid conversations about all the challenges we face as we attempt adulthood and how we're only good at being adults occasionally. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm your host, Jamee. And being young-ish adults ourselves, we'll share experiences that you'll probably relate to and hopefully learn from. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get into this episode. All right, we are back with another episode. So if you recall, in the very first episode of this podcast, we gave you all a list of the shit that they should have told you. And the third thing on that list, or fourth thing, third thing, I think it was number three. The third thing on that list was you need to shift your mindset. So that's what we are going to be talking about today, shifting your mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you really want to know what number it is and you don't recall, then you should probably just go back and listen to it again or for the first time. But that's that's just my opinion. <laughs> so like Tony said, that's something that we wished somebody would have told us was a part of adulting because things are going to continue to move through your life, change, and you're going to have to adapt and keep moving with it. So that can be very difficult, especially when you just want the world to stop so that you can do what you need to do to be the best version of yourself again. So um, we're just going to walk you through some of the things that helped us. And to start, the very first thing that helped is realizing that change is a process. Oh, yes. You know, one of the biggest things that I had to realize with that is that healing is not linear, unfortunately. (laughs) They try to make it seem that way, especially when they give you like the stages of grief and all of that. They're just like, step one, step two, step three. But no, (laughs) one day you're going to be angry. The other day you're going to be sad. Next day you're going to be happy. It's just a lot. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, people think that healing is this straight incline or that's what people expect it to be that's what we all want it to be it's like one side of the hill so at the bottom it's whatever you were going through it could be trauma it could be like some childhood shit that your parents did to you whatever and then you realize oh hey i need healing so then you go to therapy and you start journaling every day and you're working out all the time and you're manifesting till you can't manifest no more. So you think you're just going to get to the top of the hill, the hill and then you're like, I'm healed. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. <laughs> to, give it, to give it like a visual, it's more like a winding river or, or a mountain range. Because there's lots of hills and valleys and inclines and declines. So so just let me take you on a journey of what healing really looks like. <laughs> so like I said, you have your trauma, your issues, and you recognize that they are issues. So you have your incline. You start to heal. And you're talking about your feelings. Okay, progress. Okay, then you have a decline because you have these really harmful coping mechanisms and you're always lashing out. So then you realize you need to go to therapy. Okay, we're back on an incline. And then something happens and you get triggered and you have a panic attack. Okay, we're going back down the decline. (laughs) Okay, we're back on an incline. You get in a relationship and things are going well and you know positivity, you all loved on and everything. And then something happens. You're on Mm -hmm. decline. The person that you're with does one thing that you don't like. And then you are ready to jump ship because you think that this person is now like every other mofo that done did you wrong in your life. Mm -hmm. Because then you realize that you never healed from something that you never dealt with before. Yeah, it's it's a vicious cycle. (laughs) It is awful. That is what healing (laughs) really looks like, unfortunately. Healing is hard as hell. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is to realize that the line is always moving. The line Mm -hmm. just keeps moving forward. Even though it's always going up and down, it's still moving. And as time goes on, it gets easier. You start to go through the bad days less often. And those times where the decline feels like, at first, it might have felt like a hundred foot drop off the cliff. 
And now it feels more like a 20 foot drop. And then eventually it feels like a 10 foot drop. I'm five, six. Mm -hmm. I can climb 10 feet. You know, I can get myself out of, out of that hole. (laughs) So I just wanted to give y'all, I just wanted you to imagine with me what healing really looks like. Yeah, because I think you painted a really beautiful picture because when you first started, I thought it was just going to be you trying to go up on a down escalator. (laughs) And if you like run, you'll get up there. But if you get tired, then you just get pulled back down to the bottom or if you stop moving. So I think it's really about progress, not perfection as long as you're moving forward and you're not trying to move backwards or stand still you're doing what you need to do um to be successful (laughs) and it's hard to remember those things (laughs) um while you're going through the process I know that I was looking back through my Instagram not too long ago and I found this post about you know, pride blocks best blessings because that was something that I was trying to overcome, I guess, that year. And I think that was like three years ago. And I'm like, dang, I'm still dealing with this. And I know I texted you and you were like, I mean, did you think that you were going to get over something overnight? <laughs> you, like you've been doing this for your whole life. Did you think that it was going to take one or two years to get through it? So yeah. Tony definitely based me, but it's fine because it made me me realize, like, it's a part of the process. It's normal. Definitely. Yeah. Another visual that I want to put out there is, like, if it was a ball, for example, that you're carrying – when you're dealing with it initially, it feels like it's the size of a boulder. And it's not so much that whatever you went through, whether it's trauma, grief, just change, because change doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but it can be overwhelming if it's back to back to back to back to back, um, because humans just naturally need some level of consistency in their lives. But mm. if you think of it as a boulder, but as you grow, Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, MEPS, <laughs> then you get bigger and bigger and bigger. So even though this boulder sized thing seems so huge before, since you're growing, now that boulder is proximity seeming smaller in relation to you. So that's another way to think about it. Oh, yes, that's really good. I've always heard that visual comparison when it comes to grief and how people like process grief Mm -hmm. over time so that's that's really good yeah because I think that you normally talk about it when it's in reference to loss of a loved one or just someone that you know because that never goes away you know and it doesn't really get smaller because that person had a significant part of your life but as you grow older or mature and become, I guess, realize different things, it's easier to grasp <laughs> and digest that information or that thing that happened. So, and I know we keep touching on it, so we might as well get into it. <laughs> that buzzword of consistency. We, I already said it and gave an example, but unlearning behaviors is extremely hard. Recognizing them, recognizing that they're not great behaviors in the first place is probably the most difficult part. Um, but the heaviest part <laughs> is trying to correct it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, trying to correct it and like trying to actually develop healthy habits. Those are healthy habits require consistency. And like when it comes to this is okay. So I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits. I think most people have heard about this book and I've been trying to read it for months. One of my goals is to like be better when it comes to reading. But you know what? We, we, we're working on that. God is working on me. I am working on my goals and all that. But one of the things that I learned from that book when it comes to habits and also just setting goals and stuff, that it's more important to focus on the type of person that you want to become rather than 
the habit itself or the goal itself, because the habits you develop are what shapes your identity. So even what I said about like wanting to read more, the goal isn't necessarily to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. If you want to run a marathon, like the goal isn't to run a marathon, the goal is to become a runner. One of my goals specifically is to like work out more consistently. So the goal isn't necessarily to work out in the gym four times a week. The goal is to become a slim, thick, bad bitch (laughs) that prioritizes health, wellness, and fitness. I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get it. I get it though because... And I don't know why it took this long to click because you've been explaining this to me for a minute. I'm just slow. But Jerome was mentioning this as well in a conversation that I was having with him. He was kind of saying that if you just focus on being, the rest will kind of follow. He gave three steps. And I know that the next one was like, do but I don't know what came after do. <laughs> so I didn't want to like call it out, but he was basically saying like, if you focus on being whatever you want to portray or project to the world, then your actions will follow suit. And then after your actions follow suit, then other people will probably want to emulate that as well. So then you, it provides a space for mentorship and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I will say that I've also been reading a book. I'm almost at, well, I I am at the end. I honestly have like 25 pages left. I just need to make the time to finish it. But it's called Switch and it's about change management, which is kind of focused more so on the business side of things. But they give a lot of good examples that are applicable to just regular life. And the three things that they really called out Um, that are keys to behavior change is directing the writer, motivating the elephant, and shaping the path. So to give a little context, they paint this analogy that all three of these things need to be in sync. So imagine yourself on an elephant trying to guide it down some type of path. That elephant is going to move you. You are not going to move it, okay? So basically, it's saying in directing the rider, you need to give clear instruction and direction to reduce mental paralysis, which just means if you are not clear on what you're trying to achieve or become, then nothing else is going to follow. It's going to all be all over the place and you're going to get stuck. Um, The second thing in motivating the elephant is finding that emotional connection that's going to motivate you, encourage you, keep you consistent. So, Tony, you mentioned focusing on the person that you want to become rather than achieving whatever the goal is. That's an example of motivating the elephant. So you don't get so discouraged that you didn't go to the gym one day because... (laughs) In the grand scheme of things, you know, you're still on track of becoming the person you want to be. And then the last thing in shaping the path, it's just about reducing the obstacles along the way. So tweaking your environment and making the journey a downhill battle instead of an uphill one. (laughs) So if that means for me, it's I hate grocery shopping. I know that's really simple and basic. I hate grocery shopping. I know you got all of these things where you can have it come to your house, but I still got to think about what I want and you're going to miss something anyway. So the way I shape, quote unquote, my path is if I'm headed in a direction or going out, like say I want to meet a friend, go to a bar, whatever. If the grocery store is on the way or along the way, that is, I force myself to be like, hey, if you want to go out and celebrate whatever with your friend, you got to stop at the grocery store right before you go or right after you go (laughs) because you're already out. You're right there. It's not that big of a deal. So because I'm already doing something, I'm already out and about. I'm like, okay, that's not that difficult. But ask me to go to the grocery store when I'm sitting in my bed. Absolutely not. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. Door it is. (laughs) 
Okay, my struggle is being able to cook the same day that I buy groceries. Mm, that if you are able to cook your food the same day you buy it, that you've reached, you've unlocked a new level of adulting. And congrats <laughs> to you. Because I'm still working on that. I get home from grocery shopping. I'm like, ooh, ooh, I'm tired. Okay, let me uh, let me order dinner. <laughs> Basically, you just negated everything you just tried to do. Yes, but I understand because there's nothing like you open your fridge. It might be full of groceries or whatever you got. You just like, mm, I ain't got nothing to eat. Right, because like now I gotta cook it. Oh no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge in itself, but it's about shifting your mindset. So those are some keys, like the behavior change tips, hopefully will help you shift your mindset in making those things that you want to achieve a little bit easier. But another thing that goes into it is kind of positivity and having a level of gratitude, for the mm. things that occur in your life, good or quote unquote bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the difficult one, having gratitude for the bad things. Yeah, I and I know it's gonna sound super cliche and probably not realistic or authentic coming from me because I I struggle with it a lot. But when you're in something, you're going through something, whatever it may be, it could be something stressful. It's hard to take a second and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm grateful for these problems because some people aren't, don't have the privilege of having these problems. So to give an example, I am stressed so stressed out with everything that I have going on specifically with the role that I'm in. But what I've been trying to do is focus on the fact that I prayed for this season. And it's something that a friend told me, but she she said, like, rise and grind. This is the season that you've been praying for, so quit your bitching. And I had to, like, go back and read that every that text message every so often to remind myself, like, I've been praying to be in a field of my study and my career and being able to impact others positively with what I do. So I should probably stop complaining <laughs> because just as quick as it came, it can get taken away. And the power of the tongue is nothing to mess with. <laughs> okay. I know that's right. It's yeah. much easier for me to realize after the fact that the whatever negative thing happened to me probably ended up being for my good. So mm-hmm. like the whole grad school situation, for example... Uh, at this point, y'all have heard me talk about it a few times, and it was real trash and just terrible in the moment, but mm-hmm. it also helped me in some ways. Like, if it wasn't for that situation, I don't think I would have realized how bad the relationship that I was in at the time was. So I still, I don't know if I would have left that relationship. Mm-hmm. And also... The things that I did in grad school, like the type of work that I did and the research that I did helps me get the job that I have today. So it was a trash situation, but it still ended up turn around for my good in some sort of way. Like there was still there was still a blessing beneath it all. It was hard to see. It was Mm. hard to find, but it was there. Because there's lessons in everything. Because I was, as you're talking, I'm like, dang, I got fired like two to three times to get to this point. But at each of those jobs, I learned something about that is helping me today in the role that I'm doing. And then honestly, I probably would have never left if I didn't, if I was not forcibly removed from <laughs> those environments. I would have stayed because I get comfortable in certain places. 
So even with this, like the relationship that I was in, well, honestly, which one, but (laughs) the relationship (laughs) that I was in at the time, it was really difficult um, because I wanted to achieve all of these different things and move forward, but I was, I didn't realize it, but I was waiting on this person to do these things. So if it had not been for our breakup or our break at that time, I would have never moved to my sister's apartment, never had that epiphany, like, girl, what are you waiting for? Go get your house, go get your bag, do you. And then I did all of that. And now my house, I live in a house, like I own a a home because I was able to do, go through that. Like it sucked at the time, feeling unwanted and all of that other stuff. But when I took a step back and realized what I was able to accomplish because of that experience, it kind of makes it worth it for lack of better term (laughs) yeah so that's probably this probably just a sign for anybody out there who is going through a season of discomfort if you are feeling like yeah if you're just feeling uncomfortable in whatever situation you're in now it's a high chance that this is your season of growth because you cannot grow where you're comfortable ouch ouch (laughs) <laughs> not ouch <laughs> you're just telling people to buy a whole nother pair of clothes because they don't fit anymore <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you gotta wear clothes that fit you're right I just like there's just so many things that go into that It's and if you are the person who is in a season of growth with someone that you're in a relationship with just mm. know that they are setting the standard of the things that you will not tolerate in your next season. <laughs> oh, I'm claiming that for you all <laughs> because you deserve better. Know your worth. You're learning your worth right now. And you're going to look back on it and be like, I wish that didn't take as long, but I'm glad because never again. Absolutely not. <laughs> mm. What you be saying? Good grocery? That's good grocery right there. Oh. <laughs> Who I got riled up? I want to go pull up on somebody, but we not because we are okay. Let's bring blessed. it back. Let's bring it back. Yes, we're blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Amen. So okay, so we're talking about these situations of discomfort and like all these difficulties and everything. I just want y'all to know that when you're going through this, it's okay to be upset and be mad and feel whatever whatever feelings you're feeling about this situation at the time. Like you don't want to feel that all the time, but you also don't Mm -hmm. want to experience any sort of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Can you define that for the people? (laughs) So people that are toxically positive or toxic positive, (laughs) toxic positivity (laughs) means that like you don't like, dealing with negative emotions so you're like dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with just a whole bunch of reassurances and silver linings instead of empathy so like no matter how bad the situations you're just trying to like force a positive mindset you don't have to have a positive mindset all the time sometimes you just want to be mad or you just want to be sad and that's fine Right. Like, so kind of, is it, it sounds like an overcorrection in a sense. So instead of, you you still got to be human. That's what I'm hearing you saying. So if I get hit by a car, I shouldn't just be like, "Ah, it's fine. Life happens. This was supposed to happen for a reason. And I should be happy about this thing because it happens type of deal. It's not a big deal and shrug off how I feel in the moment about it. Yeah. I wish somebody would tell me that I got hit by a car for a reason. (laughs) I'm going to slap the shit out of you because how dare you? I cannot stand people like that. And like, I've had friends, you know, they just, they mean well, they mean well. But I just need y'all to understand everything doesn't require a silver lining. Mm, 
I'm that person, so I feel awful. Because <laughs> I always try to look on the bright side or just on the opposite side of where people are at. But I also try not to err on the side of what I just learned is toxic positivity. Like when when you go to a funeral, for example, and somebody tells you, it's okay, you'll get over it. Like what? <laughs> Question mark. Thank you. What? I don't know how to. What do I, I mean, say to that? Sure, maybe I will get over it and like eventually. But how does that? How is that helpful right now? <laughs> what does that do for me right now? Yeah. I okay. So I get it. I get it. So just be mindful, folks, of where you're at. I think we talk about this all of the time. It's just that swinging pendulum trying to find that balance in the middle. You don't want to be on the woe is me, my life is hard, nothing ever goes right side, but you also don't want to be on the everything. I mean, yes, everything does happen for a reason, but the, oh, let me dismiss how I feel about it because in the future, it's not going to matter or whatever. Right. So I think like when we talk about shifting your mindset, it's less about trying to shift it to a positive mindset and more so shifting it to like a constructive mindset. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Put a pin in that. Write it down in a notebook because... You're right. I like that too. I just came up with that. (laughs) (laughs) That needs to go like on my wall or something. Yes. I was going to say that's... It's an early cheat code. Like... We just fast forwarded to the end of the episode and we're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) So since we're talking about positivity and maybe not leaning too much into that and leaning more into being constructive, how do you feel about affirmations, Tony? Um, Affirmations. So I learned that affirmation. Well, okay. I already knew that affirmations were important, but I learned more about like, the strength of affirmations after I watched Stating Faith. Mm-hmm. So I told y'all a few episodes about the Crazy Faith sermon, se- sermon series. One of the sermons from that series is called Stating Faith. Um, definitely encourage everybody to go watch it. It's a great sermon um, preached by Pastor Charles Metcalf. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about the power of the tongue and the importance of saying I am. And he was saying that, you know, God is, I am. And I have a quote. He said, the power of God's name, he put in our hands for him to be whatever we need him to be. Mm. So when you're saying I am enough, I am strong, I am healthy, I am all these things, like this is, this is what God is instilling with you. Yeah. And manifesting, I guess. Right. So that's how I feel about affirmations. Which is goes back to the power of the tongue. And again, whatever your belief system is, just apply it to that. Know that whatever you put out in the world, I think I think there's a Netflix, I think it's on Netflix. It's called The Secret and it touches on this, but basically everything is tied in my mind to, to biblical things. <laughs> so they talk mm-hmm. about the power of the tongue there too. And if you constantly speak negative things over yourself, that's what's going to, you're going to continue to see. So affirmations for me tie into manifestations and it's kind of easy for us to go down the negative rabbit hole. So I actually talked to one of my um, colleagues um, that I met in an interview and we just stayed connected. Shout out to you, Shaheen. You're amazing. <laughs> and he gave me a different approach, or I think it's a pretty unique approach to how to approach like manifestation. And he said, since we always go down the negative rabbit hole anyway, and it's difficult for us to draw it back, he was saying like, lean into that and think about the worst problem you will have in your best case scenario. So in my, I guess, example of my job, I manifested, I didn't know it at the time, but I manifested my job, my career, and I'm finally where I want to be. 
And my worst problem is that I love it so much and I care so much that I just want to be the best account manager that I can be and support my clients and my team to the best of my abilities, which stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) So I will take that over going to a job where I'm miserable. I don't feel like I'm making an impact. I hate what I do. It's monotonous any day or, you know, even worst case scenario, being unemployed, which I was at the top of this year. So Mm -hmm. like, well, I guess it's, we're in a new year. So the top of 2021. So just think about that because it might help you reframe the way that you're approaching different things. And in that, when you focus on the quote unquote worst problem in your best case scenario, you kind of realize how small it is or it will be, or the the things that can go wrong, how small they are in comparison to the things that will go right. So just a little food for thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so good. Like when you first told me about that, because I had never thought about manifestations in that way like manifesting a good problem to have I was like that's so different and so creative Mm -hmm. and probably really effective so yeah I probably I need to go back to trying to do that and write my manifestations the way that your friend the way that he did because it were oh I never followed up with you it worked for him so just so y'all know and this is also me updating Tony because we're girl chatting right now He was going for a job, right? I was telling you that. And he lives out in, I think, California, and the job is in Canada. And he was manifesting that the worst case scenario in his best, or the worst problem in his best case scenario was that he got the job and he loved his coworkers so much that sometimes he gets sad that he's not in closer proximity to them because he oh, lives yeah. in a different state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Exactly. Like I'm so proud of him and it just kind of validated that for me. So I'm going to continue to practice his suggestion. <laughs> yeah. That reminded me of another part of the sermon that I mentioned earlier that like I forgot to mention, but I want to mention now. So like when we say I am and, you know, literally saying God's name around our affirmation or whatever, we are telling him or allowing him to do thing, to do, to do two things. And that's either act or allow. So like if we're only affirming the negative things, then like, yeah, he's going to allow that. Mm. If you're affirming the things that you want to happen in your life, the things that you want to be, then God will act on that. If you're saying like, I am going to get this job, or if you're constructing your affirmation in a way that like places you in your, in the future self that you want to be, God is going to act on that. Mm -hmm. So these are just some things to keep in mind when it comes to creating affirmations and, you know, actually taking them seriously. So, Mm -hmm. oh, write it down. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Write it down. Right. The vision and make it plain. Because mm-hmm. if you put, I promise you, if you put it somewhere that you're going to see it every day, you're going to have that nagging feeling. <laughs> and it's going to, it might be a good thing. Um, it might not be a good thing because it could be annoying, but you'll have that constant reminder in front of your face and it'll force you to slow down. And going back to the gratitude thing, it'll force you to slow down and reflect and realize where you're at. Yeah. Oh, all of that. That was all good. (laughs) That was really good. You know, if you're looking at it every day and just like having it in a place that forces it to be visible, you are also like forcing yourself to be accountable of yourself. Mm. Like you're holding yourself accountable. Yes. Which is exactly what I was about to get into. How we shift. (laughs) I was about to say how we are shifting our mindset, but I will say how we are trying or what steps we're taking to consistently be aware of and shift our mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And one of them is holding yourself accountable. And that is one way you can do it. Like write it on your mirror. You've got to look at that every day. Just whatever you want it to say. Start your day on a positive um, note. I think that, I hope I don't get it wrong, but my boyfriend, he wrote, he wrote pray, do, and rest, I think, on his mirror. So those constant reminders, because he, no offense to him, sucks at, <laughs> or did suck at being consistent with those things. So now, like, it's in front of him every day. For me, I love post-it notes. So that's one way that I hold myself accountable because I know that I'm I'm good for zoning everything out. And even if it's in front of my face, if I'm not focused on it, I'm going to miss it. So I high key hide post-it notes in different areas that I know that I'm going to have to go in. Um, maybe my planner, my journal, it could be on my phone, like as a reminder, it just... <laughs> I do it so that I have to, you know, see it. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the place that's more effective, the most effective for me. I guess I could just put some stuff up on my mirror. Right now, I have my affirmations in my notes app because I'm always using my notes app for everything. And, you know, you can pin whatever notes you want to be at the top of your list. So I have my affirmations. Yeah, I have my affirmations for 2022 pinned in my notes so like every time I use the app like that note is the first thing I see Hmm. y'all got some good advice and an iPhone tutorial (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so we talked about how you hold yourself accountable but for all my people who are at the what I call the top of the funnel like the beginning of the story how do you remember how you developed this self-awareness, Tony, of your problems that you wanted to fix? Maybe not problems, but just shifting your mindset. Um, that's a great question. I feel like I just, I'm just usually aware. But I guess for the times that I'm not aware, mm-hmm. I become aware when I see how whatever I'm struggling with or whatever, like, my unhealthy mindset is like how that's affecting other people or how it's affecting my relationship Mm -hmm. with other people. Mm -hmm. So if it's having like a negative impact on people that I'm care, that I care about, then I become aware and I'm like, okay, I have to fix this within myself so that I'm no longer hurting other people. Yeah, definitely. Cause I do it as well. But I think for me, I check in, I know I keep saying this, but MEPS, I check in with my emotions (laughs) and I'm like, I am constantly stressed out or I am constantly this thing. I don't like that. I'm tired. So something is coming from that or, you know, is a result of this thing. So I'm going to get to the core of it. So then I go through the process you know, therapy, talking to my friends, being introspective, whatever the case may be, trying to dissect the actual problem and get to the root of it so that I can address it. So long story short, I focus on the symptoms of what's going on Mm, to be an indication of something being off. Like if I'm tired of people walking all over me, or like, why don't these people respect me? I start, take a step back and I'm like, well, what am I doing to make these people think that they can disrespect me? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but yeah, you know. I know one of my symptoms when I know that I'm really just going through something mm-hmm. or if I'm about to have like a depressive episode or some shit like that. If my home is just a mess. Oh, God. Like, it's just a, if it just looks like a tornado hit in my home, then I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm going through something. I'm looking around and this shit is unrecognizable. Tell you need I'm to, so weak. You need to fix this. You need to talk to somebody. You need a scheduled therapy session or something because you, like, it's starting. Tony. 
I'm so weak. That should not have been as relatable because as soon as you said that, I turned around and just looked behind me and I was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, my I tell people all the time, if my house is in shambles, that probably means my life is in shambles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If my home looks like there, it has no peace, then that means there's no peace in my life. Mm, I got to fix mm. it. Good grocery. I had to say it <laughs> Good grocery. Okay. Um, so that kind of, you just said the, the magic word peace. And I'm going to give y'all the greatest tip ever. And it is going to piss you off because it's so simplistic. And you've probably heard it before. But I'm telling you, once you get to this level and you've achieved it, I'm telling you. So some some quick background, and this is going to get a little sad. I'm sorry. Um, in one month, I have lost my grandfather, my uncle, my sister's mom, and I think that my mom lost a really close cousin. So just my there's a, been a lot of death in my family and a lot of trying to support people. So it began with my uncle and my... Um, grandfather which was completely unexpected and that was a close connection to me so it did impact me and I did feel that for my my sister's mom's passing I hurt for her because we were still dealing with my grandfather and uncle while we found that news out so then literally like the next week we had to go and support her and then on top of that, being supportive of my mom because she's still juggling the after effects because after the funeral, it's not over. You still got to do right. the estate planning and all this other stuff. So being there for her. So I am extremely emotionally drained <laughs> from dealing with all of that in one month. And then work also kicked up. So my team is relying on me. So all of that to say... The only thing that has been keeping me sane and grounded is focusing on the things that I can control and not letting my mind get lost on the things that I can't because I just don't have the capacity to go down the rabbit hole, get overwhelmed and shut down. Yeah. So control is very difficult for me because I also like to be in control of everything so with this constant change happening in my life, it it's difficult. So shout out to everybody who <laughs> likes to know what's going on and from day to day. Um, but if you struggle like I struggle when things pop up, it's not a little thing for me. <laughs> I take that time to sit down and say, is this something that I can change in this moment? Do I have the power to do so? If the answer is no, then the only thing that I can change is my attitude and my mindset towards it. Now I'm going to step off my soapbox, but if you need more advice, people, <laughs> about having peace in your life, refer to that. Hmm. Yeah, I try to, well, I don't know if this is like the best way to look at it but I try to think of it as like if it's not something that's in my control or that I have any control over then it's not my business like mm -hmm. the only thing I control is myself how I react to something like my emotions stuff like that I can't control what other people do that's not mm -hmm. my place and it's like just not my business to do so that's also very fair because people can get wrapped up in people's opinions of them. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> just let that go because it's, it's, you're right, it's none of your business. Another thing that I do is that helps me, again, going back to the spiritual aspect, if I don't feel like I can control it or I feel like it's bigger than me, I ask God to fill in the gaps or fill in the blanks. Like, I was, I'll tell him I got it from here and everything else above this line. I'm sorry. Here you go. 
<laughs> this is your plate. Mm-hmm. This is your problem now, God. And I appreciate you. Thanks. <laughs> and I just pass it off. And when you do those things and you trust that it's going to be taken care of regardless, then it's kind of a weight off of your shoulders. Mm. And then the last point of helping you shift the mindset and whatnot is having what I call a Tony in your life. <laughs> what? <laughs> An accountability partner. <laughs> Someone to remind you and hold you accountable for the things that you said you want to achieve. Honestly, you're really good at that for um, like emotional and personal character growth. I feel like oh. I'm good at it for what are you trying to achieve, ambitions and things like that. The worst thing you can do is tell me that you have a passion that you, you want to spend more time on because I'm going to ask you how that's going. Yeah. You can ask me about this damn podcast. And here we are. You're loving it. They're loving it. Everyone's loving it. <laughs> Thank you for holding me accountable, Jamae. I'm used to being that person for everybody else. Like, I'm always holding everybody else accountable. So when somebody finally decides to do it for me, I'm just like, uh, back up off me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's most people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have a good approach in the accountability on the character side I do it but I think it rubs people the wrong way because if you come into a friendship with me or a relationship with me or whatever and you say you're about certain things I believe the only thing you got in this world is your name and your word so I don't deal with people who are fake that sounds or in disingenuine I should say that so if you say that you're about something and you have certain character traits then cool if you start to change those behaviors I'm gonna come to you and say hey you said you don't like xyz and z you said you're about xyz and z are you shifting your position which is fine because change evolution, all of that requires some level of growth. Like growth requires those things and people develop. I'm not trying to keep people in a box, but if you tell me no, (laughs) then I'm going to say, oh, okay. Well, I noticed that you started X behavior, this behavior, that behavior, which don't align with who you said you wanted to be as a person. So what do we need to do about that? Or what do you need to do about that? Just wanted to bring it to your attention so that you can address that. Because the self, going back to the self-awareness point, sometimes it's a little difficult to do that on your own. I'm glad you said that because I used to struggle with that. Like believing people's actions over their words. And I think it was because of my love languages, like my love language at the time. Since then, my love languages have changed, like, as I've grown and everything. But, like, the most important one for me used to be words of affirmation. Mm. So, like, if you told me that you were one way, then, like, I believe that and I prioritize that over the actions that a person Mm -hmm. showed. So, that might be something to dive into. Y'all let us know on Instagram, in our comments, send us a DM or email or something. Let us know if you want us to do an episode on love languages. Let us know. For singleness or anything related to relationships or non-relationships. Yikes. (laughs) Not yikes. I think that would be a good episode. Oh, it would be. (laughs) Okay. I think this is a good time for us to wrap up. So let's go ahead and get into these cheat codes. So what mm-hmm. cheat code do you have for the occasional adults out there, Jamee? Okay. So we said it probably a million one times. Go back and count if you need to. But consistency. So it's not about how good you are at something. It's about how good you are at being consistent at it so you talked about it at the top of the call kind of when you were mentioning 
focusing on what who the person you want to become rather than the goal you want to accomplish because everything else will follow from that. Mm, yes. Um, for me, it relates back to what we were saying about um, having gratitude for the negative things that you're going through. So sometimes rejection or denial are just redirection to keep you on the bath on the best path possible for mm. you, like for your life. Whew. I had to let that one breathe for a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was that is a very difficult one to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once you do, like life just life just is better. Mm. Yeah, especially if you're applying for jobs. Just know that it's not a personal attack on your life. <laughs> that oh, oh, that'd be the worst. Oh, those be the worst ones. All the jobs that say no, yes. all the jobs that don't even respond to you. Oh. Yes. Because look, look, one of two things is happening. You either were not ready to be in that role and you would have fell on your face and it would have caused some issues further down the line anyway um, in terms of expectations and maybe your vision of yourself or you were overqualified. I hate that term, but you were beyond that point and if you would have gotten it, it would have been a distraction from where you needed to be. Like, I get complacent all the time, so I should probably stop going after roles where I'm going to get stuck for years, because I don't know how to leave. Okay. Just, what did I say earlier about um, you need to be in uncomfortable places in order to grow? Can't be in places of complacency, so. Mm-hmm. Look, just look around. If you're not feeling challenged in some form or fashion, it's probably time to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Again, giving them too many cheat codes in one bucket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Occasional Adult Pod, and you can catch all of our episodes on Apple Podcast, mm, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. That part. Mm-hmm.